You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, welcome back to the show. We we're uh, talking off air about how much water we drink. PJ, you drink what? what you I, say? I'd say every bit of a gallon, if not more, a day. And you think you're a gallon and a half? You're working out, though. No, I'm not. Yeah, I'm just working. I'm not. It seems like you're working out, Mister Spin Class. So uh, that you know, you've got your metabolism going. I am a ways away from doing anything that translates into physical in a while. <laughs> you better get on the motorcycle, bud. I got to get on the motorcycle. I got to get on my fleet of bicycles. Is really where it's at. All right, uh, our next guest is the, let's see, he set a record becoming the youngest pole winner in the race's 78 history of the Daytona 200. He made his debut this year. Sean Dillon Kelly joins us. Man, Sean, welcome to Pit Pass first off, and congratulations. That's cool. First of all, thank you very much for having me, guys. It's a pleasure. Man, you were... You were the absolute talk of the race, and the race turned out very interestingly and and was a great one for you. Um, there was, uh, you know, a lot of drama. Uh, tell us about the race from your perspective there in Florida. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, very, very good good way to start um, my first weekend with, with the team. Um, it was overall, you know, uh, a crazy weekend, like you said, a lot of drama and just uh, a very exciting race. Um, not only that, but, you know, Saturday for me was, was fantastic with the pole position. And, uh, man, it was just uh, a dream come true, really. I mean, I, I've been wanting to do the 200 for a very long time. And um, I'm just lucky that my first ever time out doing it, I was able to do it with uh, just about the best team out there with such a competitive bike and everything. And it was, it was awesome. Uh, I had so much fun, learned a lot. Uh, the race was the story it was, and uh, we were close to that P1, but uh, definitely happy with, with how we started off the, the year. Sean, did you, we've all know, we all know now that you've been signed by Team Hammer, the Ulriches, you're going racing Moto America on a absolutely top shelf team, top shelf program. Did your Daytona um lead to that or was that already a done deal and daytona was just the beginning of it correct it was already a done deal um i had already signed with them earlier earlier this year around new year's and um everything was really ready to go you know we were just uh preparing everything for the for the daytona 200 and then from there uh the main objective is really to concentrate on moto america so uh definitely it was a good way to start start 2019 in that way uh at daytona and now we're just looking forward to uh keeping that same momentum going into into atlanta this weekend so the 200 was always a plan for you guys and i thought you signed clear back in like october but um that's what that's what i was thinking but i knew that you had a two-year deal with team hammer right and so the 200 why did you guys choose it i mean was that kind of a warm-up for the team or or uh just something you right. really wanted so, to do? Actually, talking about, uh, you mentioned something about October. So the reason some people did think about the whole team team hammer thing was because I did actually race with them in Daytona in October. 
but that wasn't because I was signed with them or anything. It was really more of a of a test run, and I just got the opportunity to ride with them. So so that's exactly what I did. Um, and then just really, you know, you are right about the two year contract. Uh, I do have two years with with the team, and the Daytona 200. They've they've been running it for many many years, and um, they've always been been wanting to get that P1 from from the 200. So um, we knew that. Uh, once I signed, it was pretty much pretty clear that we were going to do it together. And uh, even better, I was able to do it together with Bobby, with my teammate. So um, for sure, that was uh, the the way to start 2019, and we'll see for the rest of the season. And what have you been doing uh, leading up to this? Uh, clearly, we all know Moto America does have some age requirements for racing uh at the in the class that you will now be competing in you have to be 16 so clearly perhaps you weren't old enough previously even if you were fast enough uh what what series were you running prior to this so the last three years uh i've been running in the red bull rookies cup which is over in europe uh we race the same weekend as MotoGP as the world championship and we go across all of the european rounds as 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 they do and uh, actually talking about age requirements, um, the main reason I couldn't race in Moto America before um, before this year was mainly because of my age. Uh, I wanted to race in 2015 in the KTM 390 Cup in Moto America, but I wasn't old enough. I was still uh, 12 or 13 at the time, and I had to be a couple years older, so... That's the reason that I couldn't make it over, stay on the state side uh, until, until now. And but uh, you know, this gave me the opportunity to to be in Europe three years and and really grow over there. Uh, best school I could have had. And now you know, now that we got this opportunity to come over here for two years, here we are. So, can you tell us what what racing a spec class like the Red Bull Rookies Cup teaches you about strategy and racecraft? Because I think it's it's we've interviewed a lot of you guys that have been in that, the, the Red Bull rookies here in MotoGP and, and they go on to be badasses in road racing. And they, they, uh, it's, you know, obviously you guys are, are learning racecraft and strategy and all of that while you're learning how to twist your wrist too. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I mean, it was absolutely the best school that I could have ever gone through. Uh, going three years through there is, is, just about the best thing that's ever happened and um the level right there right now is absolutely insane this last year um was closer than ever uh, the competition is very very strong the the all 24 riders are within a second in most races and it's um it's a combination of things you know like you said it's, it's just learning the racecraft, um and it just it teaches you so many things not only how to be fast but it teaches you how to uh how to fight with so many fast guys and how to just keep your head uh, where it needs to be. And it teaches you just about everything. Uh, definitely went through a lot in the last three years and um, very thankful that I got the opportunity because most riders don't get the opportunity um, to run three years, three years is the maximum. So very grateful that I got that opportunity. And, and now also very grateful that I'm able to use all that knowledge that I got the last three years in, in Europe and use it over here on, on the state side. Do you think, uh, you, you, did you make any good connections over there? You know, the guys who 
go through the the Red Bull Rookies Cup in Europe specifically. They they talk about the the people they got to meet. You know, beyond the of course uh, training that the series gives you and and everything that you've already discussed. I mean, did you make some connections that might pay dividends in your future? You mean like Kevin Schwantz or like Sean Connery or who? <laughs> like, who are we talking about? <laughs> no, no. I mean, absolutely. I mean, being over there on that side, I've been in that paddock three years and I, I know more people there than I know in all of the U.S. right now. So um, it's it's very good that in, actually, you know, one of the things about being over there is Obviously, you know, Spanish and English are both of the languages that are most mostly spoken over in, in that paddock, and I perfectly speak fluently both languages. So that was a, a plus one for me, and I was able to meet so many people, so many teams, um, you know, people that know what they're doing, people that have a lot of power over there, and um, at the end of the day, you know, also make lots of family, friends, and, and just, um, of course, you know, all these contacts is one of the most important things in this world. Um, so, uh, the good thing is, is there's still opportunities and there's still talks. So, um, we'll just keep on doing what we're doing right now and keep on in this direction and see if, um, uh, see how everything continues. All right, Sean, explain it to, uh, people who haven't met you. Cause if you look at your name on paper, you sure have all the makings of perhaps an Irishman, but you speak Spanish fluently <laughs> and that might, uh, raise a couple of eyebrows what's uh, what's the story with your bilingual and uh you know that's curiosity yeah that is that is right a lot of people get uh, a little bit confused when i when i start speaking spanish and i tell them that i'm american and then they see my name that's all irish so uh it's an interesting combination um i was born here in in miami florida but both of my parents are argentinian so they they moved from from over there about 20 years ago so they're already both American and and um, even being Argentinian, my dad's name is Patrick Kelly, so you can't get more Irish than that. Um, but definitely an interesting combination, but a very helpful one as well. That's good. That's that's awesome. What do you think? Uh, have Have you gotten to race any of these uh, tracks that are now your future season? Have you raced any of these tracks here in the U.S. yet? Um, that's actually one of the main things that I'm going to have to, uh, concentrate on this year. Um, I've only ridden, uh, of Moto America tracks, only Barber, and I just came back from Laguna, which, um, Laguna I didn't do on my actual race bike, but I did do it on a, a just a, a Suzuki street bike. So, um, definitely better than nothing and got some, got some ride time there and, and at least just trying to get some, some laps on these new tracks. Um, that's one of the things, you know, not, now that I know all the European tracks, um, just now that I have more knowledge than most new riders in Europe, but now I come on this side and I have to learn everything again. So, um, but that's good. You know, I, I've already, um, gone through the, uh, having to learn lots of tracks. So it's nothing that, um, scares me at all, but just looking forward to, to getting on many, many new tracks and experiencing all. Clearly, it uh, didn't pose any problems for you in Florida. How are you adapting? Uh, clearly, this is a change in hardware for you as well, going to uh, a, you know, a big, full-size, 600-class uh, sport bike. Are, are you finding uh, you know, the additional power from where you were previously a, a big bonus for you? Yeah, absolutely. The, the jump from a Moto3 bike to a 600 is, is very, very big. And um, going on to... Onto 
such a strong bike and such a strong team is also very helpful in having to do this jump, of course. So um, I've, I've, I've gone a, done a really good adaptation to, to the Suzuki, and I'm actually really happy with how competitive we, we've been in, in Daytona. And hopefully we can continue working in this way. You know, it's the combination of things. Also with my with my crew chief, Jeremy Toy, he's, he's been doing a great job as well from his side. And um, I think everything has just been going in the right direction and just having fun with this with this powerful machine. Definitely a different different hardware than a Moto3 bike. Awesome job. Sean Dylan Kelly's been our guest. We're going to take a break. Our, uh, our two's around the corner. We're going to have Larry Pagram and off-road racer Evan Smith. This is Pit Pass. One more hour right after this. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.